This episode of the 405 Film Podcast is brought to you by Picturehouse Central. Picturehouse Central is London's premier cinema for those who love films. Situated in the heart of London's West End, a stone's throw away from Leicester Square, Picturehouse Central is where you should be going to watch Moonlight, Tony Erdman, and to discuss movies at Central Docks Club. That's like our thing, by the way. So get yourself over to Picturehouse Central now and experience cinema like you should. The Great Wall. Is it great? John Wick 2. Does it get set off? Hidden Figures. Is it the non-hidden gem of the year? Find out the answers to those three simple questions and probably a lot more in this week's 4 or 5 film podcast. Welcome to the 405 Film Podcast with Sean Melton and Adam Libanati Roach. Welcome to episode 23 of the 405 Film Podcast. And yes, you may have noticed that we are now on our own podcast stream. Ain't that sweet? So what does that even mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Why Why do we do that? Why do they painstakingly edit a new photo and do all that other stuff? Why? Well, what stays the same is our glorious partnership with Picture Hair Central and you can watch us at the next Central Docs Club which we'll talk about later we'll talk about Central Docs Club it yeah. didn't answer my question though not in the slightest oh what it actually means is you'll now be able to easily find us on Pocket Cast iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts and get them plus we may be throwing some specials into the mix as well oh yeah. well I know of one of these maybe special things or new changes uh what no you don't you don't nothing just no I do. I know at least one more thing than Jon Snow. And that is what? What is that? Well, we've been looking for like a name to our podcast, not just film podcast, but like something. But we don't know yet. We're still brainstorming. What are you currently thinking of calling it? I have no good name. I had loads. I had like hidden tickets, <laughs> two two pop- buckets of popcorn. No, those are terrible. No, two buckets of popcorn is a great name. <laughs> It's that's too what, what do you order? It's too long. I order one I order one thing of popcorn, not really, because I'm trying to cut back on popcorn. popcorn it makes me gassy. Cake. I usually drink water and like I bring I bring uh, cherry snacks to What about dick in a popcorn now. carton? That that um, thing that no girl wants to get on the first date. Wow. Go on, rummage in this popcorn carton. That's what <gasps> I want to think about at the movies. Yeah, that's what I want to think about. Is it butter though? It's dark in the movie theater, you can't really tell what it is. That's what I had to find out. Ding, ding. Anyway, in the intro, pre-intro, before the funk, which is what I call the uh, the actual file name. Unfortunately. We listed the films that we saw in one day. And that, so was, we, that was one day. That was one actually day. one day. My mother was very disappointed in me. Yeah, it was a good day here in London as well. It was quite sunny. It was nice. We saw Blue Sky for the first time. Yep. In between going from one movie theater to the other. So in that, in in, in with that in mind... It kind of makes sense for us to go through them in the order that we saw them. And if you want, like, further explanations of the films, you know, like, words, then go check out Sean's personal letterbox account where she's written small executive orders on each. Very very small, though, on all of them. They're all, like, four or five paragraphs. No, like, each of them's one paragraph. Do you just pretend to read the stuff that I write? Yeah, I just, I see the first line and then go, because, like, you know, like somebody who wants to build a great wall, I just prefer things in pictures. Which brings us seamlessly wow. onto the Great Wall. What a, oh, what a beautiful segue! Thank you very much. I'm in awe. So this was like the first film we saw, and it is 
it's a big deal. This film is huge. It's got like a decent amount of promotion. It's got a decent amount of money behind it. $150 million to be exact was its budget. And most of that budget was spent rebuilding the wall because obviously they rebuilt the whole thing like the Wachowskis did in The Matrix where they built a whole freeway. That's a lie. Oh, I was going to say, I don't think any of that's true. I think no, none of that it, is true. Yeah, I'm just okay. trying to think where the budget went because... What? It was... It was come on. Where did the budget go? Matt Damon. All okay. of those actors are really big in China. Um, the CGI. Mm, we'll get to that. The fighting. The okay, we'll costumes. That. Ah, costumes. That's that's. A good I don't one. know. Movies are expensive. The marketing, like, like worldwide marketing, not no, just. One hundred and fifty is usually separate to marketing. That's what is I it? read. I don't. Mm. I never know. I, no, I read into I, some I movie marketing, know. so I can try and know a bit more about movies and marketing. But yeah, if you haven't heard of the Great Wall, it's. Uh, you don't need to. It, no, come on, Sean. Be nice. It's a great film. It's one of the best films of the year. Um, if you don't know, don't just give me a side eye. No, no, no. It's it's a great film. If you don't know about it, it stars Matt Damon, Pedro Pascal. It does not star Matt Damon though. Do you know who it stars? Sean Ying. Is that how you pronounce it? I'm guessing. Tian Ying. It Tian d- Ying. like Matt Damon is just a waste of space. This movie does not star Matt Damon. It does. No, it doesn't. Hey, let me explain the film okay. to people. Okay. So, the tagline for the Great Wall is 1,700 years to build, 5,500 miles long. What were they trying to keep out? And we find out exactly what they are trying to keep out. Monsters. Monsters. Is that, is that a spoiler? I thought they were dragons. I only saw like a little bit of one trailer, and I assumed, I guess, because I I tied that into like Chinese mythology. I'm like, ah, oh, dragon. I was really. But a hyped. dragon would just fly over the wall. A dragon. <laughs> a, a dragon would be. Um, this was a pointless creation, people. Why did you spend uh, 1,700 years building this? I just hop over it. But yeah, it's basically it's a monster, fantasy action film. With the Great Wall being the the wonder of the world that it is, and you trying to find out why it was built. And in the intro, they do a little bit of exposition, saying uh, there's a lot of stories about the Great Wall. Some of them true, some of them you know legend. Here is one of the legends, which in my head, my personal brain, makes me feel like okay. So in the first two minutes, they're putting it out there that they could do more than one film. What? No, they're not. They could, though. Here's one of the legends. There could be loads of legends they're, about the Great Wall. But every every legend consists of the same thing. Something or someone trying to get through the Great Wall. It would be the most boring like series of movies ever. There's 5,500 miles of wall, so they could do something at different sections nah, of the wall. No, they're not going to franchise it. You just love your franchises and your shared universes. They're not going to franchise this. Oh, great they also wall didn't universe. want to franchise this. That was not the goal. The next uh, one is about the Sphinx. Did, did you check to see if this is actually a real legend? No, I didn't do that. I thought you were yeah, going to do that. No, I just, I, I thought about you it. You love the film like, so much. I thought you were going to check it out. I was like, you know what? Out. I just don't care. But I wonder yeah, if did. it's like a real legend or complete myth. Because those monsters did not look anything like... Like from Chinese mythology, <laughs> monsters you know, and the I don't think this was the I don't think they were implying that was the only reason they built the wall because the wall took so long to build. Those monsters only showed up like sixty years prior for the first time or something like that. But they showed up because of greed. Well, they showed up because of like a meteorite that hit a mountain. But they I don't and think greed. I don't think they built the wall just and because greed. of these monsters. Sure, um, and greed. Stick to the storyline. That's what they said. It's like greed. <sighs> It was linked at the same time the meteor landed when the uh, Chinese lad president, oh shit, an emperor, em- fuck sorry, Chinese emperor got too greedy and they attacked for the first time. 
But, but, but yeah, they it's just about me too. They didn't build the wall just because of this and also would have taken too long. So I think that what were they trying to keep out is like a stupid tagline. Well, the wall was probably already built. So, so I'm getting really confused so, now by yeah, this Yeah, what actually were they trying to keep out? Nothing. They built that wall going as like... Time a... out, calling a time out here, calling a time out. Time out, yeah? We're yeah, going sure. too deep into a real popcorn film here. Like, <laughs> The Grey Wall is... Let's, let's rewind a bit. Grey Wall is just, it's an action film. You're not supposed yeah. to really think too much no, into it. But really. um, I'm going to not explain any more. Sean Melton, why, why are you narrowing at The Great Wall? Narrowing. You go, nah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. What did you not enjoy about The Great Wall? Well. It's currently got a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 36%, which puts it above Inferno, which has 19%. I think Inferno was more entertaining than this. I'm really okay, here's, okay, here's, your, here's okay. your pitch. Compare and contrast. I'm not going to compare it because they're two totally different movies. You shouldn't compare movies that don't even have anything to do Tom with Tom Hanks each other. is a monster. There you go. <laughs> For me, The he Great Wall. always climbs over walls. What. What I think was what I appreciated about it was also the most useless part of the movie. And what I did appreciate about what was that this is not a white savior film. What is a white savior film? Give me an example. A, a white savior film is where you take a white person and you stick them in a foreign culture, and they basically are the saviors. They they raise the army up. That if they hadn't shown up, it would have been they love would have they would have lost. Left us up where we belong. Please, white man. Um, and and that's what it kind of seemed like this was and could have been, but essentially Matt Damon is useless. Would Matthew Broderick in Godzilla be that? He helps As the useless? French people. Like, no. He helps Jean Reno no. and he rises them up. No. Um, but essentially, I what they were doing was, it was marketing. They were trying to make a Chinese film with a Chinese director and Chinese stars, but also have it play in North America. Now here, so take for example, for instance, a movie last year, a Chinese film that was like one of the most popular Chinese films of the year or all times called The Mermaid. It got the shittiest release in the United States. It like got, it came out in like probably two theaters for like a week. It got no marketing, no nothing. It's made so much money. Was it? Yes, it made so much money in China. It's a really good movie, by Is the way. Very the... funny. But that's an example of Is how... Is that the film by the um, the guy who made... Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu yeah. Hustle, my favorite. So that, that's an example of how you can't just make a Chinese movie and expect it to play in America because Americans need to see something they're familiar with like Matt Damon. So I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to to tap into both markets effectively. And I just think that it was like, I would have preferred the movie without Matt Damon. Um, Willem Dafoe was even more useless. It was kind of like at least Matt Damon and Pedro Pascal's storyline was like a kind of interesting a little bit, but Willem Dafoe, I don't even understand. Willem Dafoe is pointless. I just, it was just totally pointless and his character motivations made no sense. Um, But truly, you think, like, at first it seems like, oh, Matt Damon is the only one who can kill this monster, and I was just etern- internally eye-rolling, because here's this I... great, <laughs> magical, mysterious, hidden army, a giant wall, and he kills it, and it turns out, I, can we just do this one little spoiler, just this one little one? Yeah, of course. It, it turns out, he is a good shot, he can shoot an arrow, whatever, but it turns out the only reason he was able to kill this thing was because he happened to have a magnet, like a magnetic rock on his body, and there's the monsters are subdued by magnets. Which, to me, <laughs> I was like, they stopped attacking the wall after Matt Damon got involved. And it was just like the Queen said. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. So it it wasn't actually him at all. He just yeah. happened to bring the magnet, and they're like, "Oh, cool!" And they figured out so fast. They're like, "This guy didn't do it. It was the magnet." And and essentially, he he's there to help a little bit, but he doesn't take over. He doesn't he doesn't push in his own viewpoints. He starts to accept like um, Chinese um, like their way of like running their army. And he their he culture. accepts that, and then he leaves. He accepts that Tianjin was the commander and was the leader. And she was. She has a big two years coming up. This actress. This yeah. actress, yeah, the actress Chan Yin, um, who plays Commander Lin Mei in the film, is about to be in Kong She's Skull badass. Island, which yes. is out start of March, and then Pacific Rim Uprising, which is already the film of the year for the year that it comes out in. Whichever year that is. Whatever year that is. Because that's how Pacific Rim will dominate any film of all time. So she yeah. should have led it. Well, and technically she kind of did. Mm. I mean, like Matt Damon tech, like kind of got a lot of screen time, but like all of his screen time was just to me a waste. Okay. A so huge waste. You wouldn't go see it again. Absolutely not. No. Okay. But I will say some things I did enjoy. I thought um the battle sequences um the like choreography there. Yeah, choreography. The, the ladies did that really cool. Like, I hope that was actually historically accurate. It could have just been a pile of baloney, but how they dived off of the. I think that might be a pile of baloney. Yeah. Like I think the big it's blades. a pile of baloney. Like I thought it was really cool. Um, and there were some interesting things there. That rainbow bit at the end, sure, why not? But otherwise, I wouldn't go see, see it. You're going to see again. You call it a big fiery hell. Big well, pit no. of fire. No, I still gave it like three stars trying out of five segue, on Letterboxd. Trying to segue. Oh, you're trying to segue. Okay, sure. Go so ahead. Yeah. Keep segueing. Okay. It's so getting hot in here. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Hot? Shit. Anyway, we're going to talk about John Wick Chapter 2 next. That segue went so wrong. Really speaking. I heard you struck my son. Yes, sir, I did. Yeah, may I ask why? Yeah, well, because he stole John Wick's car, sir, and uh, killed his dog. Oh. Getting hot for what, though? It's a terrible segue. Wick. You like the wick. Oh, my God. And it gets fiery oh. and it goes off. Anyway. My God. That's a segue. that no. works in my head. In my not. head. I was worried about this. I was worried about John Wick 2 so much because I'm a creature of hype. And when I get hyped about something, I prepare myself to be let down. I guess that's what wanting the DC Cinematic Universe to succeed has done to me. Like, I wanted John Wick Chapter 2 to be incredible. And... God fucking damn it was. <sighs> mm. So, how are we going to do this? Are we going to... No no spoilers, no plotline, no what, what? Are we going to share things? Keeping it minimal we'll, as possible. We'll just assume that everyone out here has maybe only seen one one of the early trailers so far, and we'll go from there. So, yeah, John Wick 2. That sounds good to me. Um, takes place five days after the original John Wick film ends. So, obviously, Keanu Reeves had time to have a little sleep in those five days. You know, I didn't even know that was the time period, so I was extra excited when it, like, literally picked off right where mm. it left off. And John Wick kicks he, off. He did not even have time to take a nap. No, it, it's... it's. It was also maybe one of the best intros to a movie, because 
the intro to John Wick, the first one, is great because you don't really have any setup of who he is. You're you do a little bit of a flashback, mm. so you're like, oh shit, and and it's still badass. But this is like they they know we know who John Wick is, and we're just getting a rundown of how mythical he is. You still just know as the boogeyman. Boogie. It's the same thing, but in Russian. Uh-huh. Um, and it is magical. And it was... It, I, it's impressive that a character that's only been around for a couple years is that now iconic that he gets an intro like that. But he deserved it. John Wick deserves a movie intro like that. Although, you know what? Did he get a new dog at the end of the first one? It's been a while. Did Yeah, he got a new dog. And this is my only meh, because it says five days... But I remember when he got the dog, the dog was kind of small. And then was it a puppy? when this started, well, yeah, I thought it was. <laughs> I can't remember. I couldn't remember at all. I was just impressed that he managed to get the dog so fast. But well, thing, I couldn't remember the end of the first one. It's been a while since I've seen it. One of the things I love about this film is, like you, as you're saying, about the mythical, the mythic nature of him. There's the other thing I love is that people keep asking him if he's retired. He's like, Are you retired? Trying to. It's like he will always be trying to retire. Always, and I don't think you he ever will. You can't retire when you're John Wick. Can't retire when you're John Wick. So yeah, this is—it's a two-hour film, and it is unrelenting, and it is brilliant. When soon as the um, BBFC thing comes up and it says this is a certificate fifteen for strong violence, it's very strong. It is correct. Don't do what I did, and which is like show it to your family and not think about like uh, your mother, who's kind of not, you know, not the biggest fan of gore. I did that with John Wick, John Wick one. Um, this ups the ante significantly and for a film like John Wick 1 that created gunplay in in theory like the, the the way that he handles a gun and the way the action scenes play out it is like there's a certain level of precision there's a certain level of it's also very stylish too stylish gunplay stylish it's, kind of gothic like it wasn't your typical like like, I mean, like, I love a movie like Crank. It's great. It's yeah. violent. But there's a sort of grit to n- movies where they're violent like that. And this, it's not gritty at all. It's very sleek. And it knows it's sleek. It knows it is a tailored suit. It's not, like, a dirty wife beater and, mm. you know, um, Bruce Willis crawling through an air vent. John Wick, even if he did ever crawl through an air vent, his suit would still be spotless. He'd get out of that air vent and then change into a suit. <laughs> a better suit. Into a better suit because he'd have a better suit on the other side. He's that well prepared. And that's what makes it great. John Wick is so prepared. And when you see things starting to go wrong for him, you kind of consider how can this happen because he is so prepared. He's aware and ready for almost anything. Well, he's he's the best. He's the best. He, he would have to be. And it also, we got a little peek of the world that he's a part of. Because not only is he a professional assassin, but he's a part of this club. Um, or I guess... A, the Continental. A, uh, the Continental, which is essentially hotels in different cities. But also, through gold coins, gives people of a certain... Uh, background like access a, to things it's like a better holiday in yeah <laughs> it's like having a holiday in express card um I'd and like to check in dead bodies and, certainly. and we got more of a peek into how that world is run and just how it's i think when you have chaos like that when you have people killing people it's actually to in order for a world like that to be successful there have to be a lot of rules and this world sets that up where it's you follow the rules you you don't fight in certain places. You you put out when you when you um, there's like a concept of 
calling in a favor that you yeah. signed your blood to mark, and you have yeah. to do it a marker and but once it's done it's fine like there's just there's a lot of rules there and and i think it makes sense because there needs to be order within chaos like that you know you're, men- you're mentioning the world I I had the same amount of glee on my face as I found more and more about this world, about this assassin world, as I did when I was watching Harry Potter for the first time. And you find... <gasps> and you, you have these, oh my God, this is part of the world they're creating. This world is in our world, and I've never... How have they done this? And it's the same with John Wick, too. It's like, ah, oh, this is how they think... This is how they taste wine, and ah, oh, this is how he makes suits, and this is what homeless people do. Only some of them. Only some Not of them, and you're starting... Them. You start getting this expansion on this very well put together, well thought out, creative assassins world that is happening right now in London, in New York, in Rome, in any city like this world is occurring. And it's great. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, And I will continue to, you know, continue to be surprised by it. And I was continually surprised, like... We've all seen that he goes to Rome in the trailer, for example. But after that, it just gets out of hand. Like, there is the, the kill count is remarkably high. There was an article, I think, on BuzzFeed or something that outlined the, the article for it. it. It's just insane. And going, going back to the world, um, I found this out today. Uh, a really nice interview on the Daily Dot. Um, Luca Mosca is the costume designer for John Wick. He did the first movie and the second movie, and he actually got to do a little um, cameo appearance in the second as the tailor, as uh, in that scene. Oh, good work! Um, and it's really wait. Go scroll up to the top of this again. This interview is great for many things, but listen to how um, Luca describes Keanu Reeves. So the question is, can you tell me about the design process and? He says, we should start with saying that with the elegant and regal posture of Keanu Reeves, shaping a beautifully tailored suit on him is an easy task. Elegant and regal posture. Have you? Oh, that's just the perfect way to describe Keanu Reeves. Keanu I love Reeves. this man. I love Can, Keanu Reeves. Keanu, would you ever consider being our future monarch? Ugh. But um, it, it's a really great interview and um, it really it really shows how like not a lot of again not a lot of action films that are this violent pay so much close attention to things like costuming or detail or set design and the the, set design is amazing in this movie again everything is so beautifully lit um a lot of neon lighting a lot of under lighting and they take so much care to find these beautiful locations and then just brutally murder people in all of them which is just amazing and i think that's that's part of it um I love this film, and i got a few facts just to end it with. The film's director, Chad Stahelski, was a stuntman in the Matrix trilogy. What? Ooh. Which is a bit of a Brucey bonus trivia point there. Fun fact. And also, the set piece is incredible. I have to do a shout-out to Common, who puts in an incredible term as Assassin Cassian. Like, and it's just... it's a. It's a phenomenal film. See it in a cinema. Ruby like Rose was great too. Yes, she was. Although I was partially miffed that she didn't say anything because they actually made her character mute. Which I think is great. And it's well, I I have to be a tiny bit annoyed because women hardly get speaking roles in movies to begin with. But that being said, she's still really badass. And it's she, fine. She owns all the scenes. It's fine. She spoke it, loads in Triple X through <laughs> like the Xander Cage like three. She spoke loads she, in that. She, she was still badass, but it was kind of like oh, okay, sure, maybe we'll get more more talking lines in John Wick three because there is definitely gonna be a third one. There has to be. They've For already confirmed sure. it. Sure. 
And what will that third one be? Well, watch the film and you'll find out. And you'll leave the cinema pump in the air like I did. Yes, and like your skin will be like literally buzzing. And yeah, so that was John Wick 2. It's in cinemas now. You can go see it at Picture House Central, any Picture House cinema, or... Is, is that it's that picture houses? Of course know? it is. I haven't checked a view. No, I'm just going to presume it is. And if it's not, then oops. Go see it at their go owner's city Go see it somewhere else. But yeah, that is John Wick 2. We're now going to talk, after a quick break, about your favourite film. The film you've been waiting for I've for so wait, long. I've been waiting to see this for at least five years. Maybe is, 12. Is that how? Yeah, what? Maybe 12. Um... We're going to be talking about Fightful Goes West after the break. Summertime in Virginia with the oven. All the kids eating ice cream with their cousins. I was studying while you was playing the dozens. Don't act like you was there when you wasn't. Turns out Fightful Goes West is a 26 years old. Wow. Released on 22nd November 1991. Wow. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. I was being... Wow. I was uh, speaking with hyperbole. I really just want to speak about American Town now. It's a good movie. Um, it. Uh, I was talking about Hidden Figures. I... Stay tuned for a uh, Five or Goes West special yes, at some please. point soon. Um, but anyway, Hidden Figures, the movie we should be focusing on. I have been waiting for this to come out since Christmas. It came out in the States a little early and... Um, I've just been annoyed that it had a delayed release date like most American films do here. Tell me some facts about Hidden Figures. There was one in particular about earnings over one weekend. Uh, Yes. Um, Well, Hidden Figures in um, its second... I don't think I'm not sure if it was its opening weekend, but it knocked off it knocked Rogue One off of um, the U.S. box office with um, less theaters. With less theaters, mm. also, it's also important to note that Rogue One um, had IMAX theaters, which means it was an elevated ticket price. And um, box office counts, um, as read on Box Office Mojo, only go by n- numbers. They don't actually break it down to ticket price. So you can also assume that more people physically saw Hidden Figures because it would have been a lower ticket price, therefore more tickets sold. Blah blah blah. So yeah, it knocked Rogue One out of first place, which was really cool. I want to say that was its opening weekend. Okay. If it wasn't, it was its second weekend. It's been doing really well. It also is um, officially about a week or two ago became the um, biggest earning Oscar nominee for this year, uh, which is pretty cool. It passed La La Land. That's what I was going to ask you. So you've seen it now. Yes. You've seen the film now. Do you think it deserves the Oscar nomination and do you think it will win? Um, I do think it deserves it. it Say why. Like, it will not win. Okay, explain more about why you think it deserves it. Um, in terms of Academy movies, I think it fits into that category of um, an unsung hero, um, an American, kind of an American dream, space travel exploration, um, someone trying to persevere. It It is along the same lines of... Um, uh, the the code one with Benedict Cumberbatch. What was that one called? He does all the, the coding. imitation yeah. game. Um, it's it, it's a, it's a journey like that. It's a it's a journey. I mean, there's no war in in the in hidden figures, but it's essentially it's Maybe a sort it's, of. A it's, it's mathematician it's scientist journey kind of, um, and it's kind of a bit of a biopic. Um, there's also things going on underneath the surface. In this case, it's um, it's. Uh, black women in the 60s with um, civil rights and um, the the cultural shift there and also just women in in the 60s and women trying to work in STEM which stands for 
science, technology, engineer, and maths, and that's just something we put together. Um, some people say STEAM and they add arts in there as well, but STEM is more recognized. Yeah. Um, and it was, it, it's great. It's, it's beautifully filmed. It has a really great score. It's, um, it has those rousing moments that make you want to like it fist ha- pump. It has amazing rousing yeah. moments. I'll and, give it that. and it's, it's sweet, but it's not like, it's not too roll your eyes sweet. And it ma- that makes it classically like within Oscar nominee categories, a, a very good Oscar pick. Um, but I absolutely don't think it's going to win. Um, I think La La Land is obviously going to win. <sighs> I can't remember the other nominees. It'd be cool if Moonlight won. I don't think that's possible. I, I don't even know. I haven't I haven't been super up to date on that. Is Moonlight nominated for Best Picture? Yes. I can't remember. Well, that would be cool. I think, if I, that would be cool if that won. Um, but yeah. I've gone through these numerous times now. In uh, any case, Hidden Figures is uh, based on a nonfiction book that came out last year that I currently have on hold at my local library as when are you gonna PDF. Get it? Well, I have 41 people ahead of me, three weeks per checkout. I will get it in about 123 weeks. Sweet. Maybe I should just buy it. Maybe just buy the book and be Maybe done with it. Maybe just buy it. So there are like three outstanding female performances oh, in yes. this. Yes. So Taraji P. Henson, who I have loved since her days on Person of Interest. And even though... No, don't you there's, scoff there's, at this. Wait, wait. There's there's an insight into Sean's mind. She loves SVU, by the way. And if anyone else does, Sean Aceous on Twitter. Um, you cannot her, compare Person IC. of Interest and SVU. They're not the same kind of show. Don't you gave up on Person of Interest after one season. It gets banging good. But interestingly enough, it actually gets the most, the best after Taraji P. Henson's character leaves because she went off to do space. Um, well, uh, she went off to do. Um, she played Cookie on. Uh, um, uh, shit, she won. She finally won an yes. award for it. In what? Um, yes. Empire. She's been on Empire. I haven't seen it. No. Apparently, she's amazing. In any case, um, so she plays Katherine Johnson, who is a um, mathematician, um, and she works in. Uh, theoretical geometry i believe it was oh yeah i and, know that yep totally and then octavia spencer mm. plays dorothy vaughn um who is another engineer and janelle monet who is also amazing in moonlight plays mary jackson and in the 60s this was this also interestingly so a lot of things are happening in this movie that are historically accurate it's the space race first i'm trying to get the first man to space and do the first orbits and the first man on the moon and it's also the introduction of like an actual computer and we see the first IBM get delivered to NASA and before this time if you were a computer you were a a human being that computed numbers so they and it was always women who did it because it was it was um they literally sit in rooms and calculate things and they were called computers and um because this is 1960s um the the black women were separated into a different wing and um and i, I believe this is historically accurate but they had a sign on their door saying black or colored computers mm. and then the other um the white women were in a different wing and and they were just the computers but it was just it was kind of cool hearing these women get called computers because to me call com- me off guard numerous yeah, times to me a computer is is a machine but of course before you had those you had a calculator that helped you with the math but you were the computer you were the computer which you was were really cool you were the microsoft word yeah and it was and it's, it's such a great film like i've let sean talk about it specifically because she loves the film so much she's been wanting to see it but it is brilliant and it's 100 percent deserves the acclaim it deserved the full theater that we want to see it, and it deserved people to go and see it off word of mouth it, it, i want it to succeed i want it to do really well i need to talk about someone who are you going to talk about mashallah ali M- mashallah yeah, yeah 
he is he's grabbing it. Also in I, Moonlight. I, yeah, um, I first this saw is... him in a TV show called The 4400. Is he in that? Yeah, which oh, ran from 2004 shit. to 2007. And then just appeared as Remy Dunt in House of Cards. I was like, oh man, I haven't seen him since since The 4400. Then he's in Luke Cage. And now Moonlight in Hidden Figures. What's he got on the horizon for him? I haven't I haven't looked into what he's up to. Well, I'm not sure, but if you can pad for a second, yeah, I can. Um... Well, he he's great in the film, and um, he he um is uh, plays a love interest to um to Taraji P Henson's character. And what what's interesting about the first interaction, what I love about this movie is, it it doesn't yes. set up these these women as being above um even normal sexism so yeah. their first encounter um brilliant. he he's a soldier she he knows she works at nasa and he still is surprised and is like oh i didn't realize that they'd have women doing engineering and computer stuff at nasa and she takes great offense to it it's brilliant she takes offense to it instead of going ah! it's like no and she shoots it down but it's just the these three women were were so multi-dimensional and so different and it shouldn't have to be said, but hey, guess what? Um, not only are women different, but all kind there's all kinds of black women too, and women of color, and and it's just they're just so each of them was so different and so nuanced, and never it was never stereotypical. It was never it never no, fell it into like angry black woman or nerdy science woman or anything. It was they were unique individual people, and it was so damn good. Can I talk? Go back. to Yes. That? Well. He's no longer Richard Tyler from the 4400. He's got, like, Marshall Ali has like, ridiculous films coming up. Oh, he was in Roxanne, Roxanne. Yeah, he's a, in a film coming that, um... up called Triple Frontier with Tom Hardy and Shannon Tatum. But the film I'm most excited for, and this is because I did film studies, yeah, and I wrote oh, a theory fancy. on this person, is he's in the new Robert Rodriguez film. Alita Battle Angel. In the 26th century, a female cyborg is rescued from the scrap heap by a scientist. What, James Cameron wrote the screenplay of this? Wait, scroll down. The Who? James Cameron? I don't know. Um, is Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly, Connelly the robot? Christoph Waltz is in it. Oh. Or do you think this Elsa Gonzalez? I bet Elsa Gonzalez is the robot. Um, yeah, let's have a look at Elsa Gonzalez. Yeah, so he's got... They've all... Yeah, she's from... Oh, she's in From Dust Till Dawn. I think she's also in... Um, yeah, she's in Baby Driver, which is Ooh. Edgar Wright's new film. But yeah, like he is doing well, and like I want everybody within this film to just go on to huge things. Yeah, because it was a, it's, it's a, yeah, it's ma- it's a magical kind of film. You you hear science speak, and you see drawn out math equations, and just like lovingly filmed too, in a way where it's like this is a movie that celebrates math and and higher thinking. Yeah, and it's just really cool to see that on screen. So go see it. Go see it in the cinema and support films it. like this. Also, quickly, because yep. I do like to shout these things out, um, female cinematographer Mandy Walker, she shot this all on film. It was really important for her to kind of capture that... Um, the era. The era mm. really well. And so I thought that was kind of cool, but you can um, Google her and read more about her. And, yep, very talented. We'll be back after this quick interlude. Interlude! But that was Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures. Go see it. Just go see it. Let's tie this bad boy up, shall we? Yeah, so... Central Ducks Club. Yeah, I was going to say, what do we got going on next week? The next week's Central Ducks Club, Club, it's all about football, not your 
rubbish football that soccer. you think about. Soccer. soccer. Oh, no, not soccer. Soccer. It's a documentary called Best about George Best, who I don't know, but he looks like a raging alcoholic from the trailer. Well, yeah, that's that's how... I mean he... that in the best way possible. I'm not, I'm not trying George to... George Best had a very sad end to his life. Um, he had a very successful start to his life. He was a very, he was a phenomenal footballer, but with a lot of people thrust into public eye, he found... Uh, he found sanity in drink in just destroying himself and this documentary profiles his life um, so yeah on Monday 27th of February come yeah. join us for Central Docs Club where we'll be discussing it 6.30pm uh, 6.30pm there'll be a discussion start. afterwards uh, so yeah whether you know him or not if you know him you can come and let us know if they captured him um, if you know nothing about him you can let us know if you did learn something yeah, yeah. come along Come Toby on. will be um, Toby King, marketing director or manager or whatever he is at Picturehouse Central. Will be is, doing keepy uppies. Reason enough to come. He, we've been promised he'll be doing keepy uppies. Whatever I, is that? Where you bounce on your knee? That's where you bounce on your knee, your head, your foot. Do you know who is really good at that? Who? Did you ever see this American movie called The Big Green? Nope. It, you know, kids' sports movies like Mighty Ducks is hockey and okay. Anyway, Airbud. The, the well, Airbud is dog. The Big Green is is soccer and this. The school team is really bad at soccer, and then they get a new teacher who's British, and they're listening to her one day in class. And so before they realize that, I guess naturally, because if she's British, in my head, I'm like, if every British person can play soccer really well, yes, obviously. We and she we takes she takes a globe and she starts to bounce it on her knee while she's talking to them and doing, I guess, keepsy upsies or keepy uppies. And she's really good at it, and they're like, whoa! And then they respect her after that. And that is how in the United Kingdom you gain respect. Yep, keep Thank the uppies. You. Thank you, Sean That is That was the big green. Thank you. It's a good movie. It is. You've never heard of it. Never heard of it and I will never watch it. Anyway, um, yeah, that's the end of our podcast. It's been great fun for you all listening to us again. And my thing to leave you with is go watch Legion. Oh my God, yes. Thank you very much. We've been the 405 Film Podcast. Oh. They'll call it a mystery. This has been the 405 Film Podcast in partnership with Picture House Central. Both of us are super cool. The podcast is kind of researched and talked and edited and other things by Sean Melton, me, and Adam Libinati Roach, that other guy. He's okay. Uh, follow us on social media if you aren't already. But if you aren't, what is wrong with you? Also, make sure to subscribe to our brand new channel. And make sure to follow our podcast on all those cool podcasty thingers. Fun fact. Guardians of the Galaxy needs to quit it with all the Groot stuff. He's really cute, but they need to stop. It's not really a fact, more of a statement. But they just need to stop. You'll find victory.